This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp. So no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training, this critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all those promises that you make to your parents and your customers the rest of the year. So before we get started, we're going to take just a quick second to introduce ourselves. So Ruby, can you start us off, please? Sure. I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina Program Director for Muddy Sneakers. We're a nonprofit that partners with schools to take fifth graders out into the woods and teach them their science curriculum. Excellent. Thank you. Gab, how about you? My name's Gabrielle, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains in Quebec, Canada, and we focus on creating a positive girl environment, both in English and in French. Thank you. And I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. And I'm not currently a camp director, but I was for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. Now I'm a consultant and my passion is intentional leadership training and building solid, solid and supportive community and great self-esteem. So today our topic for our podcast is using mealtime intentionally during training. Apparently at Camp Code, we use every moment of every day intentionally. So we're going to talk about how to do this at mealtime. Ruby, why did we decide for this particular topic? Let's be real. Every second of staff training is important. And we, sometimes we feel like we have to program every moment and, and fit everything in. But I think mealtimes offer a lot of opportunities um, for connection and teaching. And I think that's true during the summer as well. So staff training is a great time to, to start that, that modeling process. Nice. And since you started that off so beautifully, let's have you continue with a couple of ideas. <laughs> sure. Um, so some ideas, I think some of these are not going to be super new to folks, but I want to throw them out there anyway, because we're talking about this topic today. Um, one is just the table topic idea that uh, on each table, maybe you have a different topic for folks to discuss, and that may encourage folks to sit at different tables. Uh, maybe you have a leadership team member or a return staff member who's kind of facilitating that discussion. And I like when I have that opportunity, sometimes if I, I do that several times, sometimes I'll set it up that it's okay to get up and move during the meal and go to a different table to talk about a different topic and meet some other folks. Uh, I think it's important to make sure that that expectation is clear. Do you expect people to stay at the table and, and be there the whole meal? Or is it okay to float between them? And these topics can be all kinds of stuff. It can be talking about programming, how you relate to campers, how meals work. Uh, it, it really depends. And I think that can be a nice way to have your staff members teaching each other, have some facilitated discussions, good ideas. Uh, and then if you have other groups, whether it's a cabin group or um, a, a team that's working together, kind of some small group teams, it's a great opportunity for folks to come back to those teams and share out based on what they learned at their tables. Another option, of course, with staff training is to um, is is to assign staff to tables and or to seats even, and to make some really intentional choices there. Um, that can be smart because a it gives everybody a place 
You know, you don't have that, like, I have my food and I don't know who to sit with. Or you walk in the room and you're looking for the friendly face and maybe you don't see it or every spot is taken. So, you know, consider for especially maybe your first couple of meals, having a place for each person so that everybody feels welcome, that like they have a seat at the table that's comfortable and, and is their own and that they belong. Lovely. Thank you so much. Gab, what have you got? I, I really love this topic because I think there's so much that can be learned with campers that we actually don't need to tell campers the lesson. And if we do it well uh, during staff training, there's so many opportunities. So for us, exactly. because we run an all-girls camp, one of our main concerns is creating a safe, a safer eating environment. We want to make sure that um, anybody that's struggling uh, with food, uh, their relationship with food, we're creating a space that's that um, that they're not feeling judged or looked at from other other people. And that's not easily done, but uh, but can be done. And that for me, it's, it's just a, such an exciting opportunity. And we get them three days, you know, three times a day for X amount of days. It's just it's just so wonderful. So one of the things um, to help create a safer eating environment. Um, that we do is, is instead of asking, would you like more, uh, would you like seconds or thirds, putting a number to it, we ask, um, would you like more? Uh, so that sort of, we're not, you know, numbering how, how many extras you're having, um, using each other's names. Um, we know that uh, you don't, or you're not born with empathy, you're taught empathy. And one of the greatest places to learn empathy is um, at the at the table uh, through manners because manners actually create the space mm -hmm. to see each other. So when you're asking for something, you use the person you use the person's name. You say please and thank you. If the let's just say the milk is past, um, you know maybe Julie wants the milk and you have it in front of you and you'd like to use it as as well. You ask Julie, may I use it first? These are all things that campers and staff don't necessarily learn at home. So if you can build manners into um into you know uh, your your actual staff training and have them list things that help build empathy teach empathy uh how do we do that together and i know some camps uh, our camp is it's uh, family style meaning the counselor serves the kids once everybody's served then we eat together if your if your camp is cafeteria style now my cook has been wanting us to be cafeteria style i think the day that he he's started working <laughs> with us and it's been over 20 years and he still brings it up. I know it's, it's definitely a lot easier for cooks. And if that's your case, um, I've seen some camps with cafeteria style, what they've done is kids go get their food. Once everybody's seated, then everybody starts eating together. So it's just sort of how do you, you create those norms uh, within, um, within your, uh, at your table. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're, uh, our camp works um, two days in English, two days in French. And so, a lot of our English uh, camp counselors, as well as a lot, of, a lot of our French camp counselors, don't actually know uh, the swear words of uh, <laughs> of the other language. So we have one uh, meal during staff training where we do a swear word day, uh, swear word meal, and we try to come up with as many swear words as possible. I, I maybe some, some listeners are like, "Nope, we're not doing that at my camp." I totally I love it. That. Um, but it, it is first. It's 
it's the most rambunctious meal. Uh, of course, there's guidelines um, of, of, you know, uh, you know, triggering and we, we give a, a trigger warning. It's not to put anybody down, but it, it is, it is something that's important is to come up with language so that people can, can know what's appropriate conversation or not. And, um, one of the last things that I really enjoyed when I was a staff member and I, I like to do almost every, uh, second or third year at our staff training, not all the time, cause it has to have a, a powerful impact, but that's, um, putting the tables up on blocks so that the table's hitting you sort of at the uh, chest area. So you're, it's like you're a small child eating at the table. I love this. It's so, and you don't need to make the connection. Okay. This is how kids see the, no, no need. Just do it. And the amount of giggling and fun and horseplay that happens is wonderful. And it's, and it's just, it's just getting people in, into that mindset, but they get it. They get it right away that milk is going to be spilled. Um, that they will not be able to reach things. So how do you teach kids to 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 reach for stuff, et cetera, et cetera? So uh, just creating that little, you know, you know, put some some crayons and paper on the table too. They can color, but get them into that uh, child mindset and but have them, of course, see uh, what does camp look like from their eyes uh, in the dining room. That's a mic drop moment. For so me. brilliant. So brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks. Um, Surprisingly, I have a lot to say on this topic. I know that <laughs> shocks some of you. Is there an acronym in here? Um, <laughs> no, I should come up with one. I should come up with one. Um, but we took mealtime really, really seriously when we were camp directing. And meals are something that we have to do three times a day um, or else staff will revolt and go home. Um, but if we do it right, it isn't just about getting fuel into our bodies and it can have that higher purpose. So for me, you have to spend the right amount of time. And even though we all seem to be really tight on time during training, I really recommend like one hour for every single meal. And I have visited camps where you are in and out in 20 minutes. And not only does that give you indigestion, um, but it doesn't allow for some of the things that we're talking about today, which are incredibly valuable. So I realize it doesn't take an hour for most people to eat food. And that's not what I'm saying that you're eating for that whole time, but you want to create that atmosphere of family time. So for me these days, families just don't sit down to dinner like they used to. And we find that kids aren't getting that kind of quiet downtime where people eat and enjoy each other's company and catch up on what's been happening since I saw you at the last meal and, you know, just hanging out. So an hour for us would include things like the grace, the meal, singing, um, announcements, and then getting where you need to be next. But we still took an hour to do that kind of stuff. So during training time, um, as Gab has already suggested, we want to teach our counselors how to talk to kids during meals, how to catch up with their campers, how to learn something new from a child, how to tell funny stories or have good manners so that they need to practice all that kind of stuff during training. Because for a lot of them now, mealtime is sitting in front of a screen. Uh, even if they're at a table with other people, they're still on their devices. So um, as Ruby said, mix them up every meal. I never let them sit where they want. <laughs> I've mixed them up every meal all week long. Um, our counselors were put into cabins for the week with senior resource staff as their counselors. So each day for breakfast, they eat in their cabin groups and that way they start their day together. And then the other two meals of the day, we creatively mixed them up. Um, we also did goal setting in the morning. So that was an activity that happened after everybody at their table was finished in breakfast time. Um, and they would make their goals for the day as a group as they were waiting for the other tables to be ready for announcements. 
Um, and get really creative with the way that you change up where they sit. Like it can be as simple as, you know, line up in the digit of your last uh, number of your phone um, from zero through to nine. And then whatever size your tables fit, we are groups of 10, group them off and send them out or give them a chance uh, at a meal to get to know their waterfront team members or their adventure program team. So they can sit with that group, have people sit at the month that they were born in. So you have a table for each month and you know the information ahead of time as to what month they were born in. So make sure you're prepared for that because for some reason, like July is like everybody's born in July, but nobody's born in January. So just make sure that you've kind of got a place for every month and you have lots of big tables for the numbers that have bigger ones. Um, and have them sit at a meal with a staff member who is going to teach them something about camp. Or you know that that staff member has to teach them about a new procedure or a new back pocket game um, during maybe coffee and dessert at dinner. Something like that where it's a little bit quieter. People have had a chance to eat. And now while you're waiting for announcements, you're learning a new back pocket game that you can play with kids while you're lined up waiting you know, to get into arts and crafts or something. Um, we really focused on family time during meals. So our camp doesn't sing or chant during the meal. There are no interruptions that happen like that. And that was a conscious decision that we made because for us, it was time for talking and getting to know each other. So for us, tables can sing um, once the people at their table are done eating and their tables cleared. And so again, it's a great time for new people to learn songs or chants or clapping games or all those kinds of things so that when they come to campfire, they're more prepared and you can take that opportunity to kind of teach that out at your table before your table decides um, to sing it. Um, and I also think it's a great time to have little table games uh, that are available so people could play checkers or cards or some dice game like tensies or something again for us after their tables are all cleared and everybody's finished eating so nobody feels rushed that they have to get this done uh, and then they have that opportunity to do that for cabin groups as well so one year we had the little um, wooden box in the middle of every table that in restaurants you see like ketchup and mustard and, and napkins and things um, and so we had it full of little back pocket game things that campers could take um, and play once the meal is finished. So you can kind of make it that time when if they have spent their whole life eating meals while watching a screen, they don't have to just think about what they have to do. They have somebody who's providing those opportunities to create conversation or games or laughter or singing, that kind of thing. Ruby, what else have you got? Well, to add on to that, there's so many games as well that don't require props. Um, so like I Spy or Telephone, I think those are great times to, to pull some of those games out. And, and the outdoor ed program where I worked, um, occasionally our schedule would, would be set up in a way we were at the eat and get in and get out kind of program there. Um, but sometimes you'd end up where you're like twiddling your thumbs. And so we started, one of the staff members started doing compliment sheets. And so they would rip out a piece of paper and pass it around the table. Uh, while we were waiting for other stuff to get cleaned up or whatever. And then one of the campers or students would get to go over to one of the other instructors and be like, here, we wrote this for you. And it was just this like really sweet. You got all these kid writings that were like, oh, we think you're really great and you're funny and whatever. It was really sweet. So um, think about some of those like really low prop things or no prop games. Um, and I think one way you could teach that during staff training is just have one meal that's like two hours long and see what happens, you know, see maybe you prep some of your leadership team of like, okay, you know, we're going to have this really long meal. We want you guys to start by sharing some games um, because inevitably there's going to be that time that there's a storm that rolls through or you get held up in the lodge for whatever reason. Uh, so people knowing what to do with that is really helpful. Uh, and those games will carry over to lots of different spaces at camp as well. Um, Brilliant. 
there a couple other little things. Um, I am a big proponent of putting any news or announcements by the coffee pot because a lot of your staff members will probably stop there in the morning. So uh, start that habit during staff training, whether that's where you post the weather for the day or any important announcements. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, I you know, think I would get the information eventually. So maybe you think about another place that the <laughs> non-coffee drinkers are going, um, or maybe it's by the kitchen window while they're waiting for getting a dish refilled. But being able to put some of those announcements and information in places where staff are gonna kind of linger or hang out can be a great way to disperse information. Um, and I also, gosh, Gab, I love your idea of the blocks and the table. It's so great because <laughs> we did uh, an ages and stages meal one year where we had each table was a different age group. And so there was a counselor or two that were sitting in the counselor seats and then everybody else acted like whatever age we gave them. And that was our way of talking about ages and stages. And it was chaos. Uh, but I love the idea of adding to that, like putting the table kind of where those kids would be. And that's just fantastic. Um, so yeah, I think the only other little tip that I would throw out there now is um, Michael Brandwine's activity of when talking to kids uh, or anybody really. And if you're having a hard time like cluing in on the conversation or looking like you're interested while the child is telling you about Legos for the 45th time, that he taught a game about just, you know that this child is only wearing one contact lens. So you need to figure out which eye that is. And it makes you have like really impressive eye contact because you're like looking and you, you know, you're just really trying to figure it out. You're looking between their eyes. And I just remember when I learned that tactic, I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> and so uh, I started using it right away. Um, because it, it can happen. You're sitting in a meal and, and maybe you can't hear everything that's going on because it's loud in your dining hall or whatever else. So teaching even some of those little tricks to keep your staff tuned in and, and keep them from just totally getting the thousand yard stare. Hi, everybody. It's Beth. Hi there. It's Gabrielle. Hey there. It's Ruby. And the three of us love talking about staff training and sharing ideas on our podcast and at conferences. When I was a camp director, I had lots of awesome ideas about training. And then the spring got away from me in the hustle of prepping for the summer. And I didn't have enough time to implement all those fantastic ideas. So beginning in January, we are offering a course called Designing Staff Training, a masterclass with the co-hosts of Camp Code. This course will be a combination of weekly video calls with new content from Beth, Gab, and me, as well as a laid out excuse to spend time thinking about and working on training throughout the spring. Over the 12-week course, participants will share ideas with one another, be held accountable to a timeline for planning training, and have a one-on-one -on -one call with one of the hosts of the podcast. Whether your staff training is due for a makeover or you are embarking on your first staff training design, this course promises to bring you together with other innovative camp leaders across the country to help you lay the groundwork for the smoothest summer yet. There are few things that I love more than intentional leadership training. I just can't wait to work with you. Visit gocamp.pro slash campcode to find out how to register for this course. All right, Gab, what else have you got? I think uh, uh, when you're talking about being intentional about seating, um, I think making sure that your leadership team are placed at the right tables. And um, mm -hmm. this is a really good time to assess who's talking, who's not talking, who's over participating. Yes. Um, 
and and being able to to just sort of assess the different uh, group dynamics. And I, I find that when we have conversation afterwards or prior to meals saying, you know, this person I've noticed uh, he or she's not speaking very much. Um, can can we, you know, make a connection with them at, at the table, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a really great tool for your leadership team to assess assess your staff, but also for your new leadership team members to know that that is actually part of their job is assessing the staff, uh, getting the temperature, uh, bringing that back to the, uh, you know, back to you and and problem solving if, if there needs to be some problem solving. Uh, I like running a session called uh, what do kids need to know about the dining room and what do staff need to know about the dining room mm-hmm. and uh, the who runs those sessions are the in the in the kids one and the campers one. It's it's a uh, second year or 17 year old staff members. So second year staff members slash 17 year old staff members get together and they come up with everything that a camper should know about the dining room to feel comfortable and safe in the dining room. And then staff members that have been with us for you know about two or three years and more, they come up with the list of um, what do staff need to know about the dining room. And then we present that to the new new staff members. And in that way, it, it re- reaffirms uh, some of the rules and regulations and habits, et cetera. But it also eliminates a lot of those weird rules that start to emerge at camp that you <laughs> just like, when did this who said that yes. this is a thing? Yes. I, the weirdest stuff. I, I don't know. I remember a couple of years back, it was like we were only like apparently two pieces of bread became a rule, and I was like, this is the worst horrible rule. This doesn't fit our philosophy. This and people were like, it's a thing, and I was like, well, no, it's <laughs> it is not. <laughs> How does this fit? But they were so. Some of my returning staff were so convinced that this was this was a rule, um, and then of course it was a whole teachable lesson because you know we're going back with our our mission and saying so (laughs) how's this fit but um but basically (laughs) I find the weirdest rules that don't exist at camp evolve in the dining room and so this is a way to sort of iron iron that that stuff out um and then of course it's it creates a space for um uh for magic to happen so if you have a you know I know it's it's very simple things but it's you know going to get your um, you know your 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 meal in in the kitchen, having the kitchen staff dressed up, but pretending like it's normal, and and you do that for staff or sticking things underneath the underneath the chair. But everybody has something, and it becomes a topic. Um, you know, playing music as people come in, if that's not something that you do, but it's just every once in a while. So just it's an opportunity to show staff that you can shake things up in. In a place that it becomes routine, how can we make make it you know a little bit special? So it's it, I like to spend time on that with my leadership team. How can we make the dining room special uh, and exciting, but also make it a space where everybody starts to learn, you know, how, you know how do we create a space where where kids feel good and understand what the the rituals of the of the dining room are. Awesome. Um, I've said this before, but it is worth repeating as the director. You can use mealtimes during leadership training really intentionally too, by being fully present. So you need to stay for the whole meal uh, and not run around from table to table having those mini meetings with other staff members. And it takes a lot of forethought and preparation because sometimes it's such an easy way to have all of your staff together in the same room. And so we use that as an excuse to, well, I haven't seen so-and-so all day, so I'm gonna go have this little mini meeting with him or her. 
but I guarantee you, if you do that, you will not have a lake to stand on during the summer when your counselors don't stay at their tables during meals and they just keep running from table to table because they have to have these mini meetings with other people that they're doing a program with later on and then their kids are not the priority So during a meal. So you need to make the people at your table during staff training, your family for that meal, feel like your first priority. Um, and for me, I think it's also a great time for you and other leadership team members to set a really great example and to sit down and eat a healthy meal. So you can say things like, okay, fuel up everybody. We, we all need lots of fuel to keep us going or to throw things in there like we need to eat more at camp than we do at home because there's all this fresh air and activity. So sometimes we're hungrier here than we are at home. For those people who all of a sudden are hungry, um, but they're embarrassed to eat more when they're at camp. Um, and some of them are used to being away at college or university where friends say to them, oh, you should only eat salad or, you know, you don't want to gain any weight or something like that. So we need to set that example that good food has a variety of foods, that we need protein, that we need more than just coffee first thing in the morning and all those kinds of things. So having senior staff at each table that's prepped to start that kind of discussion, maybe for one of the meals about how we as a staff can set good examples for our kids can be really useful and intentional during staff training. Um, you can use that time to teach those meal expectations to your staff members. So you don't have to take time out of the rest of your day to do that, but how you do hopping and scraping or how you can get more um, or um, that we all try to take just a little bit first if we're not sure if we like it so that we don't pile it all on our plates and then don't eat it. Um, and again, if you have those people at your staff or staff members at those tables who are um, prepped in advance, to help uh, newer people understand those responsibilities as counselors during meals or as new staff members, it's really helpful. Um, and during that hour time, remember I told you that we had announcements as well. So years and years and years ago, we created burps. So I do have an acronym for today. There's one. Um, and our burps- I knew it, I knew it. I was, I was like, oh, she has one. I, of course I she does. Right? <laughs> I'm Go for so, it. burps stand for blurbs for understanding responsibilities perfectly. So these are the kinds of things that staff need to know how to do, like how they do staff laundry or how they do camper laundry, like a wet sleeping bag, or how they're supposed to answer the phone if they're answering the camp phone or how each duty is done. So what we would do is we would create burp teams of returning staff members. And then after each meal, you have to burp. So because these teams were created like with a month in advance, they got really creative and they would come up seriously with the funniest and best and cleverest ways to teach their burp. And these were, they had to be short and to the point. Um, and they had to be really clear in their instructions of what they were trying to teach. But being on a burp team was a really big deal. And so some people would start planning with each other long before they ever got to camp because they wanted to make this a, a really special thing. And getting kitchen staff involved, not just in like creative ways like Gab was talking about, which is so awesome, um, but getting them involved in mealtimes during training lets people get to know them and appreciate all of their hard work. So our kitchen staff always used to get one burp time during the week so that they could come out and explain what they do or you know how you went to pick up uh, more or when your plate was empty, what you did with it, all those kinds of stuff. And then we'd let them just be as creative as they wanted to. So um, you know they would do like announcements occasionally about what the next meal was going to be. And one of the funniest things was watching our kitchen staff come out to tell us it was going to be sub sandwiches for lunch. And at breakfast, they came flying out of the kitchen and the first guy came in and threw himself on the floor and yelled bread. And the next person ran and jumped on top of that person and yelled cheese. And the next person jumped on that person and yelled meat or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then the 
the kitchen manager, who is this huge guy, like six foot four big guy, came out and yelled bread the second time. And everybody was like, no, 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 because they didn't want him to jump on top. But it was just really, and then they all together went, guess what's for lunch? And then they ran back in the kitchen. So it was just a fun time for them to get involved. Um, so don't forget about them um, just because you can't see them all the time. And uh, I totally was thinking about this point as well. Gab said it too, but to take it just a little bit further or in a different direction, I always took a pulse in the dining hall during a meal. So I always positioned myself at a table where I could see both the dining hall and the kitchen doors. And then I could keep an eye on the people at my table at the same time. So one, I was scanning the room, the other, I was watching the people at my table. Um, and again, a good time to see how people are interacting, sharing whether or not they're eating. Does your staff look exceptionally tired? Are they missing home? Because just like with campers, mealtime is always a time that people might miss home because it's food that they're not used to eating or they can't eat what they want. So for me, it was a good, uh, not just an individual pulse time, but also as a whole, how's my staff doing? Um, mealtime was a good time for that. Um, and like anywhere at camp during training, watch for those teachable moments and step in when you see them. So mealtimes were not free time necessarily, but rather a session in and of themselves. Um, they were a lot more laid back and slower paced um, and a great time for community building, but it was a session. It was time that you could use really effectively. Um, and I would say if you're going to be creative with meals, and I highly recommend that you do that during training, don't try to do it three times a day every day. I, I've done that. It's a really bad idea. Um, and your kitchen and leadership staff team will revolt and leave you. Um, but every now and then you might want to have a creative way for them to dress for dinner or a theme meal that goes along with that. And of course, your kitchen manager needs to know this weeks in advance. They don't like you to spring that sort of thing on them. Um, and I ha and have really fun with it. But I caution you not to throw those kinds of crazy meals like monk's meal or utensil meal right off the bat. Because, but those kinds of crazy meals, if that is something that your camp likes to do, should wait until later in the week when new people are feeling more comfortable and are ready for those unexpected kinds of things. Because people can get kind of crazy and cranky when you play with their food expectations. So if you're going to throw those in, um, just make sure that you kind of wait till uh, later in the training. And if you do decide to do those kinds of things like utensil meal or monk's meal or whatever you do, make sure that it does go with your mission. And if they do, go for it, but make sure again that you make sure everybody has had time to eat by the time that meal is over and it just doesn't implode into pandemonium because I've had that happen too. Um, and then I guess my last point for making mealtime really intentional is of course to have that mini session prior to your first meal together about the importance of sitting down for a meal with your family and what kids may not be getting out of that these days with their parents or their siblings who are so busy and have to be in 10 different places all at the same time and get their ideas of what can happen at the table and what can make it a really positive unplugged experience for their campers. And this way, when they sit down for their first meal together, they're gonna un understand all of your expectations because you have front loaded, front loaded, front loaded. Um, and so that would be my last point. Do either of you have anything else to share before we go into recap i have i have a couple that i would want quick ones one the best theme dinner that we always did within 48 to 72 hours of camp and training and everything starting twinner you dress like somebody else it's great it's so much fun and you feel like you belong yeah. it's so much fun to have a twin yeah, i don't know why but it's so much that. fun uh so definitely do that um i think it is a good idea to have a brief conversation during staff training about 
what is okay to bring to your fellow staff members and the director during meals, because it's true. Like that may be the time that the staff member sees the director and it's the only time. And sometimes I, you know, I would tell my staff, like there may be opportunities that are times that you come up to me that I'm going to say, I need to eat first and then I'm happy to talk with you. So can, can you take 10 minutes and then we'll come back to it. And I think just establishing that expectation from the get go helps make sure everybody gets what they need and can talk about things um, in the right frame of mind. Um, and then the other one that I'll throw out there is another strategy for being present in uh, in a meal throughout the summer and again through training as well. Uh, I saw this at a camp that I visited is they actually had a, a buffet set out for the directors about a half hour before the meal happened. So the directors could come through and like kind of eat together as a crew and powwow with each other. Uh, and then during the meal, they would all they would all eat, but they didn't necessarily eat as much. So you're not modeling as much of that, like eating a full nutritious meal. But it allowed for those directors to be present because they were in the space with the staff and that was their time to do that. They didn't have to powwow with the other directors at that time. So that's a really interesting tactic um, and that I hadn't seen before. And I think it's worth considering whether you maybe do that some or never or once, but um, might be an interesting option to throw in the mix. Great. Gab, anything else from you or are you ready for a recap? Oh, I just one thing I, I think um, that's very cool, the, the eating a little bit before. Um, uh, I Just to go back to, Beth, what you're talking about expectations, I think uh, we don't know where people are coming from when it comes to food. And one mm -hmm. of the, I think it, it is a place that needs to feel safe. So uh, one of our main expectations is that you can, comment on um what you're enjoying but uh, not necessarily on other people's food or mm. um any restrictions that you're taking so uh it's not to say you know i um i went for a run this morning therefore i deserve uh bread um so it's just it's just to create that that safe that safe space um and and it's, it's just a talk that we have before we have any new people come into our dining room and explain it and just like a little side note and you can see people's shoulders sort of either go down or go up, but I think it's, there's a reaction either way, but it's just to let them know that this is a, a safe place. And, and it is to remember that as Beth said at the beginning, that this is a place that you have to be. There's, there's no getting out of, of, uh, of the dining room. So to be cognizant that this can be a sensitive place for individuals and letting people know that if they have any dietary restrictions, or, um, or they have, you know, maybe if there's something that they don't like as a staff member, who can they go see? What does that look like that you're always available to work with them on figuring out uh, what's the best meal plan for them? So I think those, those type of things, uh, just to mention at the beginning for staff, and then that's just role modeling what we want to do for our campers. Yep. So like always, what we're saying is through your needs <laughs> yep. of your camp, like adding in this piece that Ruby was talking about, but your leadership team eats 15 minutes ahead of time or something. Um, but think about what your needs are and put in, in there what kind of needs make most sense for your camp. Mm -hmm. But also, um, if you are explaining to your staff the why, if they get the why and how it relates back to your mission, even with mealtimes. Um, you are going to get more out of them, more buy-in. 
uh, and they are going to be happier to be a part of that experience because they know that you've thought it through and you've wanted it to be safe for them, not just the kids, um, that you've wanted it to be a positive experience, not just for the kids, but for them as well. Um, and what you're hoping they will help you do with their kids throughout the summer. So you're just letting them in on all those secrets. And I think yeah. that like everything else we talk about, that's the key. Yeah. So Gab, absolutely. how about you recap for us today? What did we talk about? There's so much we talked about already. <laughs> so <laughs> starting in absolutely no particular order, uh, going from wherever to whenever, uh, happy meal time. So uh, table topics, <laughs> Try to collect a whole bunch, as many as possible, so then you can have something for your staff to talk about. Assign staff to to the tables intentionally, of course, and maybe assign leadership team member as well to those tables and maybe have them look at uh, particular staff members that you want to talk about afterwards. Make sure that your meals are at least one hour per meal. Uh, indi uh, indigestion is uh, not fun, but digestion is. Uh, How-to conversations. Uh, set them by work group, by birthday, by different types of categories. There's obviously teachable moments. Make sure that this time is family time, not too much rowdiness, please. Uh, table games, like such as I Spy, Telephone, or one of my favorites, and what I'll be doing at Warrow this summer, is compliment sheets. Uh, it's very important. <laughs> it's, this wouldn't be a Camp Code episode if we didn't talk about expectations, and specifically <laughs> expectations of meals. I'm going to also be doing two-hour-long meals. I think that's a fantastic uh, experiential <laughs> learning opportunity. Coffee pot news. Uh, twin dinner or twinners, uh, what do kids need to know and what do staff need to know, uh, sessions, burps should always happen at the end of a meal, <laughs> what you like more, using names, uh, manners, equal empathy opportunities, swear word, mealtime, not for every camp, but for my camp, uh, <laughs> blocks on the, put uh, tables on top of blocks and don't forget to make that one eye contact contact and that's what that's the recap for today on our Happy Meal discussion. Excellent, as always. And here's how you can get involved. We would love to hear your re recap of our show. Um, or you can join us on uh, Twitter with the hashtag Camp Code. We would love to hear the topics you would like us to discuss or any guests that you would recommend that we talk to or great leadership training tips that you have to share from us. We would love to hear from you because as always, we're all about sharing in this industry. So if you found this podcast to be useful, we'd love it if you left a rating for us uh, and a review on iTunes. And you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash CC underscore iTunes. Or of course you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash camp code love. And this week, we have a big thank you and a shout out going to Kate at camp, to Ellen King 44, and to Anon76538 for leaving reviews on iTunes. Your feedback is really helpful and it helps us to keep the show going. And if you would like to talk to any of us individually, this is how you do it. Ruby. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm RubyLynn85. Um, also on Instagram at RubyOutdoors. And my email address is RubyLynn85 at gmail.com. Thank you. And Gab, how do we get in touch with you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gabrielle Rail, Rail with two L's. Or you can check out where I work at Waro, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. And you can find me. Our website is camphacker.tv. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv. And we're on Twitter with the hashtag camphacker. And Ruby, what are we talking about at our next podcast? 
Well, this came out of a discussion we had last week, actually, on our last podcast. Uh, We are going to be talking about consent. It's very important, and um, it's people are talking about it right now, so we want to talk about it, it too. It is timely. It is timely. Absolutely. Yeah. And our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And of course, we would love to hear your memorable moments or most effective tips so that we can share them with everyone. And again, you can tell us what they are using that hash code, camp code, hashtag camp code, not hash code. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, Ruby's going to share a best practice with us. Great. I have one more meal tip for you. And this is a a session that I did at camp when I was a director and it was called the I'm not a morning person breakfast. And so I had all of my leadership team um, come into the meal. We came in maybe even a few minutes late or when we met ahead of time, but basically just told each of them to act like not a morning person. So think about a day when you've been tired, you didn't want to engage with the people around you. Uh, Maybe you haven't had your coffee yet, whatever it is and um, be that during that breakfast. And we actually did this breakfast, like the first breakfast we had at camp. Uh, So, you know, staff had arrived and come in, had dinner together the night before, and this was the next morning. And it it was remarkable. The mood in the dining hall was just instantly, you could feel something was going on. And I was sitting at a table with my former roommate who knew me super well. And, you know, some folks were asking me like, hey, how's it going, Ruby? And I was like, fine, whatever, it's great. Yeah, you know, and like, and, and my roommate actually asked me, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, it's fine, whatever, you know, and just didn't really say anything. But the main thing was when anybody asked uh, any of our staff, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? We'd say, I'm just not a morning person. And so we went through the whole meal like that. And then we cleaned up. And when I got up to do announcements, we started on announcements. And I said, okay, hold on. Let's talk about how you guys are feeling right now and started to get responses from the staff about how they felt uncomfortable, how they felt like something was wrong, maybe something was going on they weren't telling us about. Um, And it led to a really great debrief and allowed for the rest of the summer, anytime somebody didn't have that perky face on (laughs) when they were in the dining hall at breakfast, we could say, hey, not a morning person, eh? And they'd instantly be taken back to that session. And so I think it did a lot for reminding folks that, you know, these kids that are coming, these campers that are coming, they want you to engage them and be with you. Even the teenagers want you to take some interest in them. Mm -hmm. And if they feel like you're just ignoring them, and it's not because you're trying to, it's just that you're not a morning person, that that can have a really, really negative effect on their experience. Uh, So it was was a really impressive um, activity and how it carried out. And and I think it couldn't have gone any better (laughs) in my mind and really taught that lesson. Nice. Experiential learning. It is. (laughs) Love it. So as we wrap up, please don't forget to join us on Twitter. You can use the hashtag camp code, not the hash code. And a very happy Thanksgiving to our American friends who, as we are recording, will be celebrating that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.